Ladies and gentlemen, men and women, children of all ages, you're about to experience the opportunity to get in on the conversation. So do me a favor, join the conversation as you're about to step into the world of conversations about dot, dot, dot. I hope you enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another wonderful episode of Conversations About Dot, Dot, Dot. I am your host, Will Holland, and with me, the return of the Rascal Brothers. They are back, and I love it so much. Say hi, everybody. Tell Hello, everybody. everyone. It's us again, the Roscoe Brothers. I'm Jingles Roscoe. I'm Smider Roscoe. Good morning, evening, or afternoon, depending on wherever you are at. Thanks for having us, Will. It's all. Not a problem, man. It's so good to have you guys. Now, the crafting cosplayer was able and willing to step in for you guys last week, and she loved every minute of it. Uh, so she just said, she did tell me, she said that we're going to have to, we're going to have to get together and do one podcast together as a group at some point. Because yes. she's now started her own podcast, by the way. I did notice uh, this. It's called Whoa. The Crafting Cosplayer Cosplay. So, yes. See, I feel like my podcast is slowly becoming a set of spinoffs, which I love. Yes. I appreciate that. Like, I don't mind being, you know, the happy days to your Joni Loves Chachi. Yes. <laughs> or Morgan Mindy. I don't mind that at all. That's pretty awesome. So, first of all, guys, I just want to talk to you. You, know, you guys had a road trip. Now, I know you can't go into everything, and that's fine, but yes. can you just tell us a little bit about the road trip you guys took? Absolutely. So, uh, Smider and I, we live on the west coast of the United States, and, uh, we, we had some extra time and some extra money, and we wanted to go visit a very good dear friend of ours. Can't really say who they are, but um, we, we've been becoming really good friends over the last year and a half, two years almost. And um, mm-hmm. they live in Colorado, and so we went and took a trip out to Colorado. Uh, our very Ooh, first cool. road trip of just me and Smiter. Um, and it was a it was a real real good time. Uh, I think we learned a lot considering it was our first road trip. Uh, we have a lot of family that lives in Southern California, and growing up for many years, we um, we would go visit, and our mother would just get all the kids in the car, and we would all drive down. So we had experience with long road trips like that, but it was like the first time in our adult lives that we uh went on a road trip just him and me and so Mm -hmm. uh yeah we went over there uh we were there for a few days uh it was really nice uh colorado is is really pretty um it doesn't look all that dissimilar from where we live um Mm -hmm. i feel like it's a similar biome (laughs) if you will and um but yeah uh got to hang out with our friend we went to a dave and busters out there we've never been to a dave and busters oh. but and i have grown up in arcades and uh mm-hmm. we actually had like three arcades in our town uh back back in the day back in the late 90s and um they have pretty much all slowly been phased out we have one laundromat that has like four or five cabinets now and that's mm-hmm. it as far as quote unquote arcades go 
in our town. And so it's been a very long time since we've actually been to a legitimate arcade. And so getting to go to Dave and Buster's for the first time was a real treat. Got to spend it with a friend. And um, yeah, we went around and checked out uh, one of the malls out there. That was really cool. Um, but yeah, the trip was really fun. It was fulfilling and um, can't wait to do it again. Hopefully sometime in the summer, if we can pull it off. That sounds like a plan, man. It sounds like y'all had a real great time. And I'm glad you not only had a great time, but you know, that, that you got time to spend with a friend. Road trips are, are road trips are opportunity for growth for anybody who was able to take them. I mean, even if the road trip is not super far, far away, but you know, you get a chance to kind of test your faith a little bit. You get a chance to go through the driving and car maintenance and all that fun stuff because you, you know, you have to maintain the vehicle for a long road trip. Yeah. You know, so that's pretty cool. So now I'm going to say this. Now you mentioned arcades, you mentioned stuff like that. Now growing up, I had our mall in my hometown and there was a uh, arcade there that I wasted probably more money that I should have ever wasted at oh, an arcade. Absolutely. You know, playing all sorts of things. I mean, everything from Marvel vs. Capcom to the original Marvel vs. Capcom to X-Men's Children and Adam, Mortal Kombat, all sorts of stuff like that. Just Pac-Man, I think, you know, to go back a little further in mm -hmm. life. Uh, there was, a matter of fact, one of the cool stories in Texas where I lived for a long time. There's a restaurant, and in the restaurant, they had the tabletop version of Miss Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. And so the thing about that was cool was that you had two chairs where two people could play on it. But what happened would be is that you play your levels until you died. It would flip and then the other person would play their level. Mm -hmm. And so your point was to try to see who could get the highest score out of the two people mm -hmm. on a tabletop version of this Batman, which I just thought was awesome because it was still the quarter, you know, and everything. But it was just neat. So that's probably one of my favorite tabletop type video games ever. Yeah, those are really cool. So So y'all mentioned video games, and I know you guys on Mythos Podcast talked about video games. So yes. I wanted to chip in on that real quick before we really get going. Yes. Uh, one of the questions you guys asked was if there was any power or ability in a video game setting that you could take into the real world, what would it be? Yes. Now, I'm going to cheat a bit in my answer because my answer is technically not from a video game, but it's from a manga about video gaming. Okay. I don't like so this. Manga, Please continue. <laughs> so the name of the manga is Solo Leveling. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I know it's on like, um, I think it's called Manga Fox or something like that. It's all available online. Uh, it's it one a, of those manga is, that's like a Korean, I think it was on Webtoons first. Mm. And then it's been translated to English. It's like a Korean manga. Mm. And so basically it starts this story of this kid he goes in, there's like, he's in the real world, but then like the, imagine Solar, Solar, no, uh, Sword Art. Sword Art Online. Imagine Sword oh, Art so Online. So it's an isekai. But, but it's this thing where he starts off and like, he just, he's the whooping dummy, basically. He's the guy that goes in and carries the stuff. He gets whipped all the time. The healer is constantly having to heal him. He's not the greatest player in the world. Mm -hmm. And so, but the thing is, they have these portals where they go into dungeons. 
They fight whatever's in the dungeon. They get whatever treasures out. They bring it back into the real world. The real world has a marketplace where you can sell this stuff and then turn it into real world currency. And so there's some people that are really rich and really well off because they go into these darker, they are ranked. Uh-huh. And so this one character, he starts off being a very low level guy. I think he's like a level E level, you know, out of the group. And so he basically goes in kind of to carry everybody else's stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, as time goes on, like they're, they go into this mission and the problem with the missions are is that at points the missions will flip within the mission. So something, there's something in the programming that I haven't figured out, out yet. Uh, we're at like a hundred plus episodes and I've yet to figure out why this happens sometimes. Well, they'll go into say an E-level ranking portal and it will flip into an A-level ranking portal. Mm-hmm. So whereas you have E's, F's, G's and stuff like that, lower class people that are able to go in and clear these lower level dungeons, if they go in there and it becomes a high level dungeon, nobody survives it. Right. Well, he somehow ends up surviving mm-hmm. <laughs> and like this A class level dungeon. And he gets this thing, he basically has a gem that you have to grab to stop everything. He grabs the gym. Well, he grabs the gym. He's in the hospital the next day and the gaming commission that's involved comes in and it's like, uh, hey, we're going to, you know, we just wanted to check on you. You don't want to survive. Da, 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 da. Well, then the next thing you know, he gets a menu in front of him. He's like, would you like to begin training for the actual game? He's like, I don't get this. I've been playing in this game for a while. Why is it? And so he hits yes, because of course you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so when he does that, he slowly begins incorporating the leveling system and everything of the game in the real world. Mm-hmm. So he basically becomes, he he's still technically ranked as an E-class person, but yet he has the abilities. He eventually gets the abilities of an S-class. Mm-hmm. So like S-class is like the higher class, you go up the thing. Basically it's the higher, it, it's, you know, you go back up ABC, but then you wrap back around and like you have S class, which is like the highest class. So he has skill sets that make him an S class, but yet he's ranked an E. Mm-hmm. And so like at one point, like this character, he he comes back into the city. He has a sister he's been taking care of. He's trying to do all this because he wants to raise enough money to help his mother. His mother has been in a coma. And so he's been trying to figure out ways to help bring her back. He's been trying to pay the medical bills and all this other stuff. So that's why he's been going on these missions. But he's able to start incorporating the stuff from the game into the real world. Like he finds potions that he's able to mix. Mm-hmm. And so he's, we spent about six or seven episodes of the manga where he's trying to mix this this perfect health potion that will heal any illness. And so he gets it mixed, he gives it to his mother. And next thing you know, his mother wakes up out of coma. Mm-hmm. And so like he, like he has weapons that he finds in game. And normally if you find weapons in game, you bring them in, you can't even bring them into the real world. You have to sell the version of it that you have, you know, in the digital version. Mm-hmm. He brings the real weapons into the real world. Mm-hmm. He also brings all the abilities he learns into the real world. So like there's a point where his sister is at the place by herself. And so he starts, he constructs these, he's able to construct these shadow warriors. And so he's able to leave these shadow light warriors to guard the city while he's gone. Mm-hmm. That would be the power I would want to have. The ability to create shadow constructs and the ability to trade with them, but also to be able to have them protect people and protect situations. Mm-hmm. That's the ability I'd want to have out of a video game. Yeah. That'd be cool.
Have you ever wanted to learn about Xena Warrior Princess? Have you ever wanted to cosplay and didn't know where to start making an outfit? Have you ever wanted to just talk geeky with a girl who is not only interesting but complex, wonderful, smart, intelligent, and more importantly, a friend of mine? Well, you're in luck because the Crafting Cosplayer has started her own podcast. Uh, she's taking an in-depth dive this year on Xena Warrior Princess, but she'll also be talking about other fun and geeky things. So if you're interested in geekdom, do me a favor. Check out the Crafting Cosplayer podcast right here on Anchor, as well as other podcast outlets all over the place. So check out the Crafting Cosplayer as soon as you can. I was gonna be like that was uh that was uh, a long way for it. I'm gonna go to the judges, see what they think about that. Okay. <laughs> it looks like uh looks like the judges will allow it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they okay. will allow they will allow you to pull a video game mechanic from a manga <laughs> into the real world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that didn't have a video game. <laughs> So right. hey, or, on, I, so you you want the ability to basically take what you get in the game into the real world, right? Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's not too bad. Well, it depends. So, what video know, game are you playing that you can well, pull this out? Well, let's see. Let's see. Case in point. Let's try. Um, one of my favorite video games is War Warframe. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, you know, to have a, uh, to be able to have like really cool swords and more importantly, the ability to jump around like they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, things like that. Like I'm running, you know, instead of like, you know, I'm running somewhere and all of a sudden there's a wall and I can like wall jump, you know, several different, several feet, you know, and then come back down half flying through the air while I'm coming over other people and stuff and then just keep on running. Or, you know, slide shots where I'm sitting there with a weapon and I'm shooting at something and I'm able to slide on the ground and not burn my knees, which I feel like would happen a lot if you slid on the ground. Do that. <laughs> you would yeah. if you if you slid your knees in gravel, absolutely. Yeah, um, that would that would hurt a lot. I think, but just so, like the fighting and all that stuff, just, just the ability to increase stats as well in game. Like one of the things that solo leveling he does is like if he runs a mile, for example, then stuff continues to go up. He continues to level in real world just as much as he does in game as well. Mm -hmm. So your ability, so. the ability that you want to take into the real world is the ability to take video game stuff into the real world. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> I just I wanted to track with all of this. Well, well, the rule is you get one. <laughs> you get one. You can't. Your power can't be all the powers. <laughs> my, 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 what I'd like to be able to take from video games is just, just treat real life, but it's a video game. Yeah. Though. What I want to be able to take. What I want the mechanic I want to take out of the video game into the real world is the ability to take any mechanic in the video game into the real world. <laughs> well. <laughs> but the problem is, though, like, more in an RPG sense, because yeah. it's kind of a limited in an RPG sense, because you don't really get to level up in Mega Man. I mean, you get skills and stuff, but you don't really level up, per se. That's you know true. what I mean? That's true. So, but, like, uh, there is Jing 
Jingles can abuse his iframes if he wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I can do. Yeah, right? And what uh, what you know what I I have access to new game plus. That's yeah. one thing that I can do. Right. And, Pi, and, and you know what? You're probably closer to Pie Man because Pie Man was saying he wants the ability to reallocate his, uh, his ability stats. stats any way that he wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the new patch That's came out. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, kind of fits more so. Although speaking of patches coming out, have y'all heard this crazy news about WWE 2K20? I have been hearing a few things about 2K20. I haven't heard anything. So apparently. Why 2 K came back and bit the producers of WWE 2K20 in the face? Yep. The so ghost of back Y2K. when Y2K occurred, a years. lot of programmers, what they did was they said, okay, well, just in, we need to make sure that this doesn't affect us. They went and set their clocks back within the game sets mm -hmm. so that the Y2K bug, if it hit, wouldn't affect the games. Right. The problem was, as we get closer to 2020, nobody was like, and people looked at it, it was like, oh, hey, don't we need to upgrade these sets since Y2K didn't happen? And we need to make sure that this rolls out properly into 2020? Nah, it's good. And they just left it. So then when 2020 happened, literally midnight from 1999 to 2020, or not to not 1999, <laughs> 2019 to 2020. Yeah, boy, did I go back in time. Uh, <laughs> 2019 to 2020 when it rolled uh the game glitched because at that point the internal clocks were thrown off and so like all the stuff that they had done updates on pretty much all went out the window and not only did it all go out the window it made stuff worse than it was before the patches nice so they had to go back and issue another patch to reinstall the original patches yep. <laughs> back into the system I'm just like, poor wrestling game. It just broke itself again. Wow. Poor wrestling game. Like, it's it's sad that I'm I'm enjoying 2019 at this point. Like, I'm really just sitting back going, nah, I'm not buying that game. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> it just really, do it. It's just not worth it. It just really wants to wrestle, coach. It, it just, just really <laughs> wants to wrestle. <laughs> Jonathan Coachman must come back and save WWE 2K20. That's how this is going to work. Yes. No. What we need is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what well, we need is the world's greatest wrestling announcer to come back. Um, oh gosh, I can't believe I forgot his name. Uh, Bob oh, talking about Jim Ross. Jim Ross. Jim, yeah, we need him to come back and save us all <laughs> and save tell us, us how all. hype. And we we need him to come back and tell us how hype it is. Whatever we're watching. Yeah. Yep. Well, he is the official hype man of all things wrestling. Um, so on that, we're going to go ahead and go into a break. We're going to come back and talk about some trailers that have come out this last week. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to get into yep. some stuff, some 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 news. Yeah, we're going to get into some news, man. It's going to be great. It's going to be so exciting, yeah. The madness will run wild. We're going to be speaking about that, too. So anyway, guys. I really need to uh, that video. <laughs> it's a madness, yeah. All right. So yeah. after these messages, we'll be right back. And we're back. We're back with some trailer news. Myself and the Rascal Brothers are going to be breaking down some trailers that came out this past week for different movies that are coming out this year that are geeky. 
and things like that. So the first one we're going to talk about is, hey guys, remember that New Mutants movie where oh. they were going to come out with it like back in 2017? Oh yeah. And they're like Fox, like kind of sat on it for a bit. Yeah. And then they did Dark Phoenix. Yeah. And then Marvel bought Marvel. Uh, then D- Disney ended up buying the Fox properties. So yep. like they were just like, yeah, that New Mutants movie. Yeah, we're gonna take that. You're not gonna release that out. That Dark Phoenix movie. You can go ahead and put that out there. But we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna take that New Mutants thing and see what we can do to make it work for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Kevin Feige finally sat down and watched it, <laughs> and his response was. We're not changing anything in this movie. We just need to shoot a better trailer. <laughs> and they did. Yeah. <laughs> so the new trailer dropped, I believe, on Monday. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that the fact that we're getting the uh, bear, I believe it's bear ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's like a bear spirit that they face in the original first comics that the humans were involved in. Like there was a bear. Mm. spirit that was like going after them trying to like mess with them and show them their greatest fears and stuff and mm. so they're going to be fighting that in this first movie so I'm just like yes because that's a callback to the original new mutants but then to have like you see all the characters they're kind of sitting in a psychiatrist office and they're kind of talking about their first time their power started manifesting and like you see magic uh who a lot of people may or may not know is Ileana Rasputin who is the sister of uh Colossus from the X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. And she's just sitting there and she's like, I killed 18 men one at a time. And so you just see her just kind of going off and just whooping people and stuff. You see like Wolfsbane, um, she's talking about she was in her church when she started to feel the transformation. You know, she, she has the ability to basically transform kind of into a werewolf slash wolf. Cause she can go full wolf mode, but she also has a another version which is kind of a mix between a wolf and a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And so then you have uh, Sunspot, who is Roberto DaCosta. He says, you know, my girlfriend and I were out at the lake and she touched me and she burned her hand uh, because his whole thing is negative solar energy. Mm-hmm. And so basically his powers probably go off really more so at night because, you know, it makes sense from a visual standpoint. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see it. Uh, you've got Cannonball. You've got, uh, I can't think, I, Sam Guthrie, who is very much the, you know, he... In the comics, he bla- he called it blasting. He would basically shoot himself into the air, propel himself like a flyer, and his skin would be temporary and vulnerable to anything because while he was blasting, his whole body was basically protected by the shield. Mm-hmm. And so then, of course, you had um, Mirage, who is a Native American woman who is a big part of this whole thing because the bear spirit that is attacking all of them starts off attacking her and her family. Yeah. And so you get that native, very Native American feel to it. You guys get to see the trailer. I did watch the trailer. Um, I'm I've a, seen both. Uh, yeah, I've seen both trailers. Uh, I'm gonna be okay. honest with you, Will. I don't know anything about the New Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if Smider does. Are you familiar with New Mutants? I, I know a few of them. I've I've happened upon their comics while in the middle of reading the Runaways as well. Okay. So you, you would probably have more to say about it. Mm-hmm. As far as the trailer goes, it seems very interesting. I don't know if I'm going to like the movie very much because... Is, is it, it too spooky? It looks spooky. Oh, no. I, I won't be spooked by it. No, don't worry, Bretta. 
It's mutants. It's There's no spookies. No, man, it looks spooky, though. <laughs> like it the, is. They did tout it as a horror movie that they were going into. They basically yeah. took the direction of Legion. If you've mm-hmm. ever watched Legion on Fox, uh, they were basically trying to go for this kind of dark, psychosomatic humor where things were happening in the background and you weren't for sure what was real or what wasn't. Aubrey Plaza was in that. She died. Oh, yeah. I like yeah. Aubrey Plaza. And she was a nut bunny in that show. I tell you that right off. Every time I saw her, she just and she brought such a such a warmth to it. But at the same time, she wasn't all there, and you knew she wasn't all there. She made it very clear. Yes, <laughs> Aubrey, I, I can see so. being able to play that kind of character. Yeah, she, she was very. Effective. She seems goose goofy, but she seems like she can she can really play like that person. That person ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So yeah, she definitely brings that to it. And so that's kind of the arc that they're gotta go on with the new mutants. And I feel like I can enjoy it. I think it's definitely it feel if you've ever if and I'll have to see if I can get you guys get you guys some pictures of the original book. Uh mm-hmm. because the artwork in it I think was done by Bill Stravinsky, who was very his art was very mystic. It was very uh archaic but it was also kind of dark and brooding mm-hmm. so it works well from an artistic standpoint as well as you know the idea that this world you're in may not be a world that you the real world it may be something that's in your head type thing so mm-hmm. i think so, it could be really cool i think it's cool that we're having new mutants but i'm really just more concerned about the old mutants yeah like what about uh <laughs> what about alpha flight yeah, what, where's our Alpha where's Flight? Where's Alpha Flight? And, uh... Well, you know, <laughs> Canada, 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 there is love to give Canada. There's love to give Alpha Flight. I would not mind seeing an Alpha Flight movie myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, if Marvel is going to try to figure out a way to do their version of Wolverine, mm-hmm. you kind of have to do Alpha Flight, because I'm that's where Wolverine was at the time when he first debuted. He was with Alpha Flight yep. for a little while. Yep, yep. A lot of people don't know that Wolverine was Canadian because if anyone just saw like the whole X-Men, the Pride of Kitty Pride movie before they started making really good cartoons, mm-hmm. then, you know, Wolverine had an Australian accent in that movie, which I'm sure kind of throw people off a bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> he definitely wasn't Australian. No, <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely looking forward to seeing them reincorporate a new Wolverine and having him show up on the scene and be all like, are you guys ready to go up? I'll Jersey fight you right now, eh? <laughs> hey, don't mess with me, man. I'm Wolverine, all right? <laughs> hey, I can see now Cyclops like, hey, Shorty, why don't you come over here and let's deal with this this one. Shorty, what's that on the boot? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that a boot, Shorty? I'll go over there and I'll slap your face oh, off. Look, man, I just really want I just really want Deadpool to show up and just call him Stinky a couple of times. That'd be great. That'd be that, great. That is something he is called Wolverine on occasion. I will say this, it's almost sad that when y'all were when you, when we were impersonating um Wolverine there for a second. I saw I heard Becky Lynch when you mentioned slapping the head off of somebody and I was just like why am I hearing Becky Lynch, who is not Canadian at all? No. <laughs> Other than she says she'd like to slap the head off of somebody. Some dolt. A lot. Some dolt. All right. So next trailer we're going to get into is... Oh, um, sorry. Also, Arya Stark. Burger. I just wanted oh. to point that out real quick. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. She is Wolfsbane. That is correct. Yeah. She is Wolfsbane. That's cool. So she gets to use her Irishness in a, in a role. 
And it's also cool that when you see her kind of doing the wolf mutation, that her eyes kind of start going blackened like a wolf's would. So it's really kind of cool. Yeah. So. Get it? Because it's a wolf. <laughs> it's a wolf. She's totally wolfing. She might be howling at the moon at some point during the course of things. We don't know. All right. But well, anyway, my prediction, so gonna, sorry. Sorry. Your prediction, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm, just like, I'm just thinking about the film, and I'm just trying to bank in on like my own personal prediction, because I don't really... There's only a few times where I'll try to guess where the plot's going to go. Um, but I, I, I'm seeing a few key moments. Like I see them eventually breaking out of the asylum and trying to find their... I, I want them to catch a hint of a safe place in upstate New York for mutants. <laughs> Maybe a place that has a ball-headed professor, perhaps. Well, now let's not get that specific. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that they have a guy who's what if, very fuzzy and short with what if, claws in his hands. What if, what if it's that weird time when, like, Emma was running things? <gasps> oh, no, yes. I actually, like, you make a joke, but actually, I actually would love it yeah. if they heard about, like, there's this lady running an institute for mutants. Or you know, they even just And here's the drugs. thing. In the books, Magneto was actually running the school. That was what everybody thought Charles was dead. Yep. Oh, that's even better. That was so back when like, Magneto had the big costume that was like, had the big, like, literally it was purple. It had a big M on his chest, just in case people forgot who he was. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to forget who I am. <laughs> I am Magneto, the master of magnetism. Gravity <laughs> 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 Disruptor, gravity, disruptor, gravity, <laughs> and, and Magneto sounds like Dracula. Yeah. Guys, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 was so good. Marvel vs. <laughs> Capcom 3 is really good. <laughs> My favorite line in that in that game was Deadpool, whatever, Deadpool faces Magneto. He says, Magneto, welcome to die. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Solid. That's solid. Welcome, X-Men. Welcome to die. And then the, all the X-Men are standing there. They're looking at each other. They're like, is he okay? And then they pans back over to Magneto's face. And, like, one side of his mouth is drooping. <laughs> oh, God. And, oh, no. And his left arm's hanging a little limp. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's having a stroke. It's like, I can see Gene Gray. I can see Gene Gray now sitting there going, I think he's suffering from Bell Palsy. Somebody get him down quickly. Somebody, somebody <laughs> help him down, please. <laughs> somebody help him. Somebody help Magneto with his palsy. <laughs> we should get him to a real hospital, Gene. What are you doing? I'm trying to recalibrate his brain. That's not going to work. <laughs> That's well, not how it works, Gene. I'm just going to turn it off and turn it back on again. Right. <laughs> Jay Gray goes off Phoenix mode, try to heal Magneto. And it's just like I don't think that's helping Jay. He's twitching now. Stop it. Let's just get him to the hospital. It's just we can we can take him to a regular hospital. You now. know, you know. Can we all just appreciate how fun it is that um, they can throw the word they can throw the phrase Omega Level Mutant around, and it's it's kind of a nothing phrase. But it's taken very seriously. Yeah. And because the characters treat it so seriously, we treat it very seriously. We're like, oh, she's an Omega level mutant. Oh, man. There must be nothing higher than that. Yeah. So and so then you start to realize it's like they just start passing it around. It's like, originally it was like Jean Grey, Iceman, 
and like Magneto. And then eventually it was like Gambit and then Psylocke. And it's still a bit sure there's like, are there no regular mutants left? Are we all just going to be Omega level mutants at this point? Yeah. Because yeah. when everyone's an Omega level mutant, no one will be. That's right. No one is. This That's is right. Thank you, see. Syndrome. This is what I want to see. I want to see an okay. alpha level mutant. <laughs> an alpha level mutant. Or even worse, a beta level mutant. Yeah, beta level. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what... I don't even what know is? what the lower levels are. Because all we ever talk about is omega level. No, exactly. That's my point. What's a theta okay. level mutant? <laughs> What's a delta level mutant? What's a delta level mutant? <laughs> what about, what, what about Toad? This? Yeah, where, where does he go? Toad? Where does Toad go? Well, he's an Omega level mutant now. Damn it. <laughs> he is a he is a lightning level mutant if you watch the first X-Men movie. Because according That's... to Storm, you know what happens to those toads when they get struck by lightning? The same the thing, same that, happens thing that happens to everybody else. Yeah. Will that Sparky. That's dirty, Will. Oh, so many levels. That's horrible. <laughs> that, you know why? Because no, that joke no. was bad. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, but like Storm said it though. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which made it okay. I miss ninety yeah, storm. Exactly. I miss ninety storm and when she would carry on in a soliloquy before shooting you with lightning. I was hoping for that in the movie when I was a kid, but I was all like, she's not calling upon the power of Mother Nature, the power of Gaia, wind, thunder, lightning, come to her aid. Nope. I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> I miss but, she but she wanted to make sure you were on the right side. Every time you turn around, she was looking at Wolverine going, make sure you're on the right side, Logan. Yeah. Make sure you're on the right side of the shadow, Logan. I'm like, dude, are you Edward Are you Edward from Twilighting Wolverine right now? Like, yeah, seriously, he sure. just shows up randomly and says stuff. It's just like, Logan, make sure you're doing the right thing. Please don't <laughs> practice with your anger. Logan, practice please. with your heart. You know, I'm just like, what? <laughs> when, does Sol, when, when does Storm become the Jiminy Cricket of Wolverine in these movies? That's what I need to know. Yeah, I have no idea. Look, man. Storm became his conscience. <laughs> Look, man. Let's just appreciate that. Well, no, we can't even appreciate this. Uh, let's just let's just have a moment to mourn uh, her accent throughout the films. Oh yeah, and how it oh, slowly gosh, died. Yeah. <laughs> Rogues. Hers too. and hers and Lana from WWE. Like those accents that floated in and out depending on who they're talking to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mythos Podcast is a podcast that has you covered. Whether it's about geek news, whether it's about comic books, whether it's about movies, whether it's about video games or any other geeky type of subjects, Mythos Podcast has you indeed. So check out the Rasco Brothers' own podcast as you get ready to get your geek on. Drops usually on Mondays, on Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find fine podcasts. Join the Rasco Brothers and get your geek on. All right, sorry. Next yeah. trailer. Yeah, next trailer. It's okay. It's all right. So we're going to go ahead and go into, <laughs> into Birds of Prey, The Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yep. Which has to be one of the longest titles of a movie I've ever heard. I didn't know that was but the full thing. Basically, that was the full thing. Yep, it, it has Birds of Prey, 
the emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And uh, this is Harley breaking away from the Joker. This is Harley teaming up with Black Canary and Huntress and Renee Montoya to save Cassandra Kane, who I'm already upset because she's not in a Batgirl outfit. Nope. So I'm just curious as to when she's going to get in a Batgirl outfit or if she's going to get in a Batgirl outfit during the course of this movie. Because I loved her as Batgirl. That was my favorite Batgirl because she literally, for the first half of her arc, didn't talk. Because basically all her speaking was through her action and the way she could read people physically. Mm -hmm. So I'd be really curious to see if she could do that. Of course, they showed us Ewan McGregor in the black mask mask finally. Yep. So he puts it on. He puts it on and, for uh, oh, Puts I it on for a it. second. Apparently... Harley Quinn apparently snorts cocaine and then proceeds to go off and whoop a bunch of guard, whoop a bunch of bad guys. That's her. That's her superpower. As one, yeah, that's her superpower. Cocaine gives her strength. Yeah, <laughs> cocaine gives her strength. And I, and I'm sorry, whatever that happened, because there's a moment everybody's shooting at each other in a trailer, and then like the cocaine bags are busting in the midst of the shooting. So of course there's cocaine flying around everywhere. She just kind of inhales it like Deadpool when he inhaled his gun to smoke. Yep. You know, she just kind of inhales it and then starts to whooping everybody up like, good Lord, man. Could I could I not get a sound clip from Rick James where he's just like, cocaine is a heck of a drug. Yeah. You right. know, <laughs> she just starts whooping everybody. But so like you see, you have this song playing in the background. It's very 20s, 30s song when you fall in love i think it's the name of the song mm -hmm. and there's a point where you see like black canary hits the canary yell and huntress is whooping people and cassandra kane is kind of running around and they end the trailer very cool because you end up seeing her with the hyena yep and uh cassandra kane is like is that a hyena in a bathtub and she's like yep i named him bruce after the hunky bruce wayne guy and then the hyena just laughed and I'm just like, dude, that animal trailer should be, that animal trainer should be getting paid overtime for that. Like that, that was great. That was timed very well. Yes. So, what did you guys think of the trailer for the Birds of Prey movie? Well, it seems very interesting because I've never been a huge fan of the Birds of Prey, but I know them unlike the New Mutants. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I know about them. I like I Cassie Kane a lot. Cassie Kane is definitely a character that I do like. I a saw lot. Black Canary and clapped. I saw Black Canary and then I clapped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm I'm interested just because I've been really burnt out by DC over the years. The, the, mm -hmm. These are two trailers from two companies that I've been completely burnt out with for a few years now. DC, okay. the the DC EU has not been performing to my expectations i still haven't seen shazam yet i need to find the time to pick that up so i can enjoy myself mm -hmm. watch some sh yeah. shazam um and uh the x-men movies have have also just kind of brought me down with x-men for we still oh, haven't even seen dark well. phoenix I, I i haven't seen dark phoenix i the last one i watched was um uh apocalypse yeah um and that will hurt that will break your soul it it broke me i'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> hey, the, the movies are like no guys look but psylocke though and i'm like i don't care anymore <laughs> yeah. olivia munn is a beautiful woman but i don't think she saves that movie she does not and i was like but but look archangel though and i'm like yeah, i don't care <laughs> it's just yeah. like uh and so like these trailers look cool they seem interesting and look like the movies might be all right but like i'm so burnt out from both of these properties right now 
I've I've told Smiter and I've told my other friends like I'm kind of done with this hard push for Harley Quinn. Like I like Harley Quinn a lot, and I like classic Harley Quinn a lot, but. Harley Quinn has been getting a lot of push because they, they she appeals to the to the young ladies. Oh, she she's crazy. Oh, look at her. She's crazy, but she's beautiful. Okay? Look at that. She is a crazy beautiful lady. She's played by Margot Robbie. I to be fair, um for Suicide Squad, Margot Robbie was my favorite part of that whole movie. I loved her. I thought she was great. I don't hate she Margot kinda, Robbie. She kind of redeems. Yeah, she kind of redeems the movie. Yes. Except, actually, it's not true. My favorite isn't Harley and Margot Robbie. My favorite is actually Jack Courtney and Captain Boomerang. <laughs> Captain Boomerang. Oh, Captain God. Boomerang. I, d I don't know why. He 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 He's brought he brought fun to that movie. Yeah. Everybody else except for Harley doesn't feel fun. Mm -hmm. They it just doesn't feel. And I like the trailers try to make it fun. I'm the bad guy. Oh, you know. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I'm all like, yeah, I get it. Like, edgy teenagers are gonna think this is the greatest thing ever. And then the edgy teenagers didn't actually care. That mm -hmm. they, they all liked the costume that Harley wore because her butt was hanging out. Mm. But I mean, like, right. you know, it became the new it became the new bunny suit that girls would wear. Yeah, exactly for a Halloween, and mm -hmm. it's like, hey, that's that's wonderful. People don't want to be witches no more. Um, All I've got to say about that is I saw way too many cosplays, way too many folks who had the daddy's little monster shirt. And I'm just sitting there going, look, if your daddy's little monster, honey, you might want to go back into the closet yeah. <laughs> and, and hide. Like, I'm not saying that to be any disrespect toward any of these women. It's just, it, 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 it just didn't work. No. Everybody cannot cosplay as Harley Quinn. It's kind of like it's, when it's everybody not, was. It's not for everybody. It's kind of like when everybody was cosplaying as the crow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're never gonna see me cosplay as Black Panther in a skin tight outfit, because I'm never gonna have the body for a skin tight outfit. Mm -hmm. No, you gotta own it's that. Not gonna body. happen. It's it's yeah. not like it's, I can play Umbaku maybe from Black Panther because yeah, he's kind of a big dude. Yeah, Umbaku. The man. I I am I am but not, yeah. I'm both upset. But also completely understand why they didn't call him the man ape. But uh, that's okay. Yeah. I totally understand why they didn't. Although they pretty much hinted at it, and they pretty much let you know right off he was that. Yeah. They just weren't gonna call him that in 2017. Yeah, exactly. They, it, that that's not okay, <laughs> unfortunately. Hey, look, at I may all. be I'm, I might be behind the times or something, but when I was watching Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes and stuff, mm. and they had Umbaku the Man Ape show up, and he's just wrecking house on guys. I was all like, I take him very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I do not. I do not take his man ape title like like a joke, like a joke or anything. Like or he's, anything. he's serious business. It's but. like he fights like a giant gorilla, and it's scary. Yeah, <laughs> and I take him very seriously and, because of that. And here's the thing: if the comics books had taken him half as seriously as that cartoon did, we'd be having a totally different conversation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but anyway, yes. Back to back to Birds of Prey. Um, back to Birds of Prey. It seems interesting, but like. Like I said, I'm I'm tired of the the push for Harley Quinn so much. Uh, I like Margot Robbie, and I like Margot Robbie's take on Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. But it's just so much Harley going on, and like you know, I, I like I like Huntress, I like um, Black Canary. I think they're both very interesting characters. But 
Black Canary is kind of trash in Arrow, so oh. <laughs> kind of, uh, kind of. Not that I'd argue that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it's like I, I watched a lot of Arrow, and then I stopped because I was tired of Arrow. Um, I actually was liking The Flash for a long time, and then I got tired of The Flash too. Um, and so it's like DC right now is for, as far as my affection for it goes is on an uphill battle mm -hmm. um so i'm probably not gonna watch either of these movies in theaters but i'll probably rent them later on um i will say this dc's animated stuff is always killing it i can't understand why they can't take like bruce tim and some of the people that are involved in the animated world and have them write the live action stuff yeah I won't disagree. Because you know, the writing on those animated stuff is just gorgeously beautiful. I mean, we just—I mean, we're about to get Red Sun, Superman, Red Sun, in an yeah. animated form. You know. I mean, that's pretty so, cool too. Uh, so far, my favorite DC animated thing was uh, Under the Red Hood, and I will always. Oh uh, yes. I will always sing the praises of Under the Red Hood. It's literally my favorite. It's not the best one because. Most experts agree that Mask of the Phantasm is is the best one. Yeah, but see, Mask of the Phantasm wasn't under that banner because at that time you were just doing the DC. They were just doing movies based off of the properties they were working, like Batman animated series and stuff. Right. You really didn't have the uh, DC animation team fully yet. I think they'd formed that as they were going. And eventually yeah. we got the movies that we're getting now. But yeah, Under the Red Hood is my favorite one. Um, and... Yeah, I just like after the Dark Knight trilogy ended, um, I I just haven't really been liking too much of what DC's been putting out, and I feel bad because I really really want to be excited for DC, and I really really want to be excited for X Men, but I'm I'm just not, <laughs> and so I'm gonna have to just wait and see, and when I rent a movie, and if it turns out to be really great, then I'll be happy, and I can continue to be happy about that but these these movies i don't think are going to do it <laughs> but that's well that's uh, my opinion yeah I, and i'll say this to kind of not really close it out close out this section but uh, we're going to do it this way so apparently they've announced that in addition to casting you know uh casting of course robert pattinson as Batman in a new Batman movie that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, casting uh, Lily Kravitz's daughter as Catwoman. Mm -hmm. And they've released a few other casting choices that I find interesting, like Matthew McConaughey, they're talking about him being Two-Face. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Jonah Hill at one point was talking about being Penguin, but then they went with someone else for Penguin instead. And I don't remember who they went with mm -hmm. for Penguin. But then, you know, there's also a Riddler possibly being cast and other things. This is definitely going to take the Batman year one approach. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about possibly doing it as Dark Halloween, mm. where it's this series where he's having to be a detective. It's not so much about him going around beating up people, although he should definitely get the fights right. in this movie. But it's going to be more of him trying to figure out the, I believe it's the either the Clock King or the Calendar Man. Mm-hmm. That is work that are working together to try to do this thing on Halloween. This big, huge robbery on Halloween. Wouldn't that be the, so, bad, the greatest villain team up of all time? Clockman and Calendar no, Man, Cal Clock King, Calendar, Calendar Man. Cal Cal King. Yeah. 
Oh man, these they would have perfectly the most on-time crimes of they ever. Would. They would be punctual. They would be very time. punctual with yes. their crimes. <laughs> and then certain things that happen during the course building up to Halloween. So then Batman's got to try to figure out what's happening, when it's going to occur, and who's all involved. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just going to be interesting. But I kind of, you know, I, I, I've never imagined Two Face being like South Texas. Mm -hmm. But the thing about Matthew McConaughey is he can do stuff without having that accent in his stuff. Yeah, he knows how to cover that accent real well. So I don't see Two Face coming around and be like, "All right, all right, all right, y'all, we're going to talk about some Batman over here." <laughs> He's just going to do two all rights. <laughs> it's just going to be it's all right, be all right. Thing. I'm, I'm going to so, flip this coin over here. <laughs> so we're going to see what's going to happen. Let's place our bets down right now. Okay. New Batman movie that's going to be coming out. Robert Pattinson. We already know he's involved. Yeah. Yes. Place your bets down right now. Are we going to see Bruce Wayne's parents die again? Oh, put a, put our bets. I down hope out. not. Oh man. I hope not. I say yes. <laughs> At this point, it's so dumb. It's just going to keep going. <laughs> I, I feel like it's it's unfair to not kill Batman's parents again. <laughs> I'm gonna, I mean, we somehow avoided it, avoided killing Uncle Ben again for Spider Man. So hope out yeah. there. But I'm gonna put Look. 500 bison dollars on. They're going to kill. I was gonna say not even Batman v Superman, but that is a lie because they kill him again in Batman. They did v it Superman. there. They yep, they sure did. did. And they even, started it off. With even it. in Batman movies, that there is no Batman, they go ahead and kill Thomas and Martha Wayne. <laughs> Or they mention it somehow. Yeah. yeah one guy in Gotham, you know, he, he lost his parents when he was a kid. He got shot. They got shot in the alley. And it's like, why do we keep? We know. No, we get <laughs> like, it. It would be interesting. It'd be interesting to me. Uh, I've been watching Beware the Batman. Oh, nice, nice. On DVD, and they started off like it's like a few years. It's like he's been Batman for maybe a year or two. Yeah. And Alfred yeah. is like, he's like older but younger. Yep. He's like bald headed. He's still talking about his MI six training and all this other stuff. And they bring in, um, they bring in, um, oh, I can't think of her name. She Katana. Mm -hmm. They bring in Katana's character as kind of his uh, protector, so to speak, to make sure that Batman doesn't get himself put it over his head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they kind of bring her in as a, as a sidekick, so to speak. And so they kind of form their, they kind of formed their own version of the Outsiders. If you ever remember reading the Batman and the Outsiders comic, mm -hmm. they kind of bring that into it too, because like Metamorpho ends up showing up in the series. Uh, too bad there's no Black Lightning or Geoforce or Halo, but we get like Man Bat. And yeah. then it's like this group, a small group of people. And I don't think they ever finished that series or gave it the justice they deserve. I think it got canceled halfway through the first season. Yeah. So they by the time they got the first season done, mm -hmm. it just never got, we just never got the finished part. But we're going to drop out of this segment. We're going to pick back up talking about Thor, Love and Thunder, and WandaVision. And we're going to be talking about some casting rumors for Thor, Love and Thunder, and the possible roles this guy could play. So after these messages, guys, we'll be right back. And we're back. Thank you so much for continuing to stick with us on this. I greatly appreciate it. I know the Rascal Brothers greatly appreciate it. Mm -hmm. We're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about our love for the bad guy. Not to be confused with Razor Ramon, although yes. he is the bad guy as far as we're concerned. Yes. But we want to talk a little bit about this idea 
that the hero in a story can be the bad guy or like villainous in a lot of ways. And what I want to talk about where this started was uh, I heard an interview from the creator of Four Guys Rob a Bank. And he was talking about how he started the started the book very much like a Goonies type of story, very much like a, there's a problem and we need a way to fix it. So we're going to get this money from this bank and we're going to fix all our problems. So they go through all this stuff. And then eventually over the course of it, uh, he was in a pitch meeting because there were some people wanting to pitch it for a movie or something. And so there is a story that he tells what other people were like, well, what happens to this character's father, mother, because we noticed that she's not there. And he tells this backstory. He says, well, uh, when her dad was with a group of people and they committed a crime, everybody but the dad was caught and they kind of took the rap for him. Well, then there was a point where he came to his wife. His wife went to her brother. Her brother's a cop. And so to cover up for him. And so the cop ended up covering up for him. But he never looked at his sister the same way again because, you know, he couldn't believe that she would ask him to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And so then eventually the stress of her having to co- use her brother to cover for her husband was too much and she killed herself. Mm-hmm. And of course, the writers are looking at each other going, uh, that's really dark. But you got to remember, this is, the book isn't completely out yet. And so he says at that point, he's just like, okay, if they don't like that backstory that I told, it's not in the book, then they're really not going to like the end of the book. <laughs> because by the end of the book, basically, these kids end up going to jail. And he asked a question on the podcast. He said, why do we cheer the hero? Why do we cheer the villain? He said, if a grown two kids in the real world got together, decided they were going to rob a bank, they would end up in jail for it, more than likely. Yeah. So why would I write a book where the opposite doesn't like people were always like, well, man, it'd really be cool if maybe the kids escaped and they had a Goonies like moment. They all escaped. They robbed a bank. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like we're, these are not the heroes of the story at the end. I mean, that's the point. I mean, yeah, they're misguided, but they still go through with the act and they still rob the bank. Yeah. And so they have to deal with the consequences of robbing a bank. So I really started thinking about that. I was like, you know, we have movies out like The Punisher, TV series, you know, cuts and Netflix series. But The Punisher is a character who is a vigilante for all intents and purposes. Yeah. I mean, he has a set code of conduct, but once his family gets killed by these mobsters and these criminals, he looks at the criminal justice system and he sees the criminal justice system isn't going to do anything to him. He just decides to start going and killing folks. Yeah. And it's real interesting, too, because this guy that wrote Four Kids Walking to a Bank talked about that. He said, when I was a kid, I loved seeing Spider-Man show up. Or I loved seeing Daredevil show up and try to be like, hey, Punisher, you need to come up with a different way to do this. Maybe put the kids, people in jail. You know, maybe not sit there and kill everybody because you're becoming you're becoming the same thing they are if you continue to do this. Right. You know, you're never going to be able to redeem that. Um and then, you know, Spider-Man would try to stop him, different things like that, and things would happen. And of course, you know, Frank Castle has changed a bit over the years, but the message is still pretty much the same. These people killed my family. I'm going to kill all of them so that they don't have to worry about getting slipping through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at shows like The Good Girls. I just finished watching up the second season of Good Girls. You start off with a situation. All three of these women are going through some bad stuff. And then they, um, you know, we're all in these different situations. We need money to fix it. We're going to rob this grocery store. Well, by robbing a grocery store, they ineffective, in, in, inevitably tick off the people who had their money stored at the grocery store. 
mm-hmm. going to find out they're running drugs. And so then they have to start getting into this running drugs to pay back the money plus the interest. And over time, they go, they slip further and further down this hole of doing all these crazy things like robbing banks. They eventually rob a bank. They eventually rob another store. They eventually rob a quick cash place. They do all these different things. And meanwhile, these women are going down this path and it's like, okay, but who am I supposed to cheer in this? Mm-hmm. Like, who are the good guys here? If the main characters of the show are doing bad things, who am I supposed to cheer? You know, um, look at Dexter. Dexter is a story about a guy that's based off a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he goes off and kills these criminals and then uses his forensic science to hide the fact that he's killing all these criminals. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, shows like you, where you're talking about, you know, this kid who sees this girl and he's stalking the girl and then, you know, all these things happen. People get in his way. He kills them, hides the bodies, all this other stuff. And then you got even the Joker. You know, the Joker is not a character, especially in that movie, version of the movie, mm-hmm. where the live action movie Joaquin Phoenix, of course, where he slowly goes down this descent into madness, if you will. But mm-hmm. again, he's the main character in the movie. How are you supposed to feel? And so we live in a world now where it's kind of like we're celebrating the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I just kind of wonder why that is. As opposed to us maybe thinking about what well, where's the good in this mm-hmm. you know so that's kind of that's kind of a thought i want to open up there and kind of get your viewpoint on okay bro you want to go first sure um so i think personally first things first um i don't really root for these kinds of people like i don't i don't really enjoy movies or shows or whatever when people are like this i, I don't like Breaking Bad. I don't like um, shows or, or movies or anything like that where these people aren't good, right? And uh, I tend to not really even like shows slash movies um, where that's the case. I, it just kind of upsets me and I don't enjoy it. But I know a lot of people nowadays do. I know the general public is really really into these types of stories these types of characters these protagonists that are in the moral gray do bad things and you know like that's that's just who they are and what they do um with the exception of the punisher i really like the punisher but that's because he does bad things to much worse people and he does it because society isn't going to do it for him and like he doesn't believe in the legal system because it doesn't work in the way that he wants it to and uh the people that he has to go up against are often way worse than what any of the other marvel characters ever have to deal with with the exception of some others that are also morally gray not great people like jessica jones and all that um Mm -hmm. and so but i like the punisher because it's well written and uh especially i've been reading the garth ennis run which is just really really good and um like i look at it and i'm all like these people like there there's no way that these people can be redeemed and like it and i think 
because like I said, I don't really root for these kinds of people. I don't like these kinds of people. I don't like reading about them and all this other stuff. But I think the reason why a lot of people do, especially nowadays, a lot of people these days, and it's kind of the impression that I've been getting from interacting with people in uh, the Discord server that a dear friend of mine, Mammy, runs, um, mm-hmm. as well as the Discord server that our our mutual friend, as Comic Maker, runs. Um, a lot of people are not happy with their lives and are really, really wish that they could just do something like they, they'd like to be able to just like somebody was rude to them they wish that they could just punch that person and mm-hmm. not have to suffer any consequences for it people hmm. are like I am working hard and my boss is awful to me I wish I could do something awful to that person so that they felt as bad as I do and then move on with my life and so okay. that we have all these characters and these things that like you know they're they're doing what they wish that they could do and right. they want to they they're hoping that that person continues and gets off scot-free for what they've done but mm-hmm. you know the real world if you if you rob a bank you're gonna get in trouble for it and you're gonna get caught and you're going to be serving time for it. If you right. if you kill someone, you're going to get caught and you're going to serve time for it, you know? Um and th- because of the fact that you will get in trouble if you do bad things to people. Like that's why people don't do bad things to people. But Nowadays, people really, really want to. A lot of people are depressed and mad at the situation that life has given them or that they're currently in right now. I see that a lot with more people than I ever could have thought. Um, And that's kind of what I think is the biggest reason why people like root for these kinds of characters that are like they're the protagonists of this story but they're doing bad things usually because they're trying to do something good as they see it um right and so like and so that's what a lot of people will root for them for because they're like yeah society doesn't do what we need so we have to go outside of what society says is okay in order to achieve what needs to be done, which is not true, <laughs> but you know that's the kind of feeling that people have been getting recently, and it's sad to see. But you know, it's 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 how people have been feeling more and more and more lately, I think, and it's just kind of pushed that way. And then movies, comics, TV shows, just media in general, keep showing characters like this and then people empathize with those characters even if they get caught or in trouble or get killed or whatever by the end of the series but people want people want people that they identify with to succeed in whatever it is they're trying to do 
And if whatever it is yeah. that they're trying to do is do bad things for quote unquote good. Good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's like, yeah, like the 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 means are not as important as the ends. And so, yeah. Um, but I don't I don't agree with with that kind of thing. So I don't often like shows slash movies slash comics or whatever that have characters like that because i it it just makes me upset and sad um and also i'm i'm a weird person in that i am generally very content with my life i mm -hmm. tend to be a pretty um happy-go-lucky kind of person and mm -hmm. so like I, I sometimes struggle to empathize with people that are just all like, you know, my life is trash. I hate how I am right now. I've been in like having depressive issues like that. I want them to get help for it and I want them to right. feel better for it. But I, I uh, on many occasions have just been like, you know, your life is really good, but you just don't see that. And so, um, right but like i don't i don't want to tell them that because you know it when when you're in that kind of mindset you're just there and you're stuck there until something changes that makes you either feel better or you go get professional help for it mm -hmm. and it's this it's the idea of perspective too because you know you think about like an eagle you know you always see those beautiful photos or you see the videos where eagles are flying uh up high in the sky but you don't see you know a lot of videos where they're climbing through the turbulence to get there yeah and exactly. a lot of times we look at life and we're climbing through turbulence to get where we're going and we see the turbulence and if we're not real careful we'll see the turbulence as our final destination yeah and so we don't see anything beyond it so all the smoke and the fuzz and the bumps and the bruises and stuff we go through on the way to get where we're going to get to the other side of it and go wow i made it but I had to go through a lot of crap to get there. Right. A lot of people stop at a crap and just feel like this is my lot in life. I'm not going to go any further. Yeah. So. And, yeah. And so, like, especially with the Joker movie, uh, like, it, it just really was like, it's a really well shot movie. It's well acted. The music's great. It, it's all in all. It's a very, very well made movie. It's probably one of the mm -hmm. best that came out this last year but right. i don't like it because it's depressing and it deals with subject matter that i'm not comfortable with or enjoy and so like i know that a lot of people are going to really like this movie because it's not a bad movie it's a really good movie but it's the kind mm -hmm. of movie that just makes me upset and i don't enjoy and yeah so like there's a lot of stuff like that that's been coming out comic books have been getting darker and darker and uh movies have been taken away a lot of the like joy and happiness that came from comics and stuff and is making more gritty more just unhappy films and people have been latching onto it and really enjoying it because people are just not very happy right now and um it's hard just it's heartbreaking to see and it's you know that's why my life my my life's focus um i think i decided when i got out of high school 
what is what I wanted to do was create comedy and change people's perspectives on life and make them laugh and make them feel better instead of creating stuff that would make them stay in like a negative emotional state and so that's that's why a lot of pretty much everything on my channel is is comedic and meant to make people laugh and to you know that that's my main focus with pretty much everything that i create these days and so um groovy yeah <laughs> and so yeah our our podcast is is labeled as comedy because it's it's what i try and focus on doing is i want to make people laugh and uh yeah i think we're doing an all right job with that so far so uh, um <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking is why people really latch onto and are really and why why shows like this are incredibly popular. Stuff like Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad. People really like these shows. One because they're actually really good shows, with the exception of the last half of uh, Game of Thrones. But whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they're really well made shows and um the there is no truly good or bad people in them everybody's awful to a certain extent yeah. some people are just more awful than others than others uh smider and i who was that comedian that was doing the this is this is the theme song to any amc uh so I don't remember the name of the comedian, okay. but he made the joke about the theme. Yeah, the theme about song. About how like, you can break down every single AMC or serious Netflix drama in this one, like every single theme that they have in this one uh, go. Yeah. And uh, it was it was just like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the 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 season one theme song for you Check guys. It out. We're gonna team up on this. I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the melody. I'm gonna do the music, and then you just do the lyrics. Okay. Where it's just boom 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 boom. People doing bad things. People doing bad things. People doing bad things. And then, and then season two, season two goes like this. People still doing bad things. <laughs> More people doing bad things. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> that, that's, that's what it, it's just shows about presumably good people doing bad things. And like, they're, they're stupidly popular shows now. And people yeah. like when i was working at the grocery store that i was working at for about four years um there'd be people coming in and it's just like oh these shows are the best they're so good and i'm all like technically they are very well written well acted well shot well done shows but the subject matter is something that i just cannot stand and do not enjoy yeah and so it's like sorry i can't relate to your your depressing like show there Gotcha. But yeah, also, since uh, <laughs> we were watching the Punisher TV show, um, uh -huh. we were <laughs> the theme song for that has a very similar, like, riff to that. 
<laughs> oh, so wow. It has no lyrics in it, but Spider and I were always just all like, those people are doing bad things. <laughs> that guy's doing a bad thing. <laughs> it's just all like... And then we have to go and do the bad thing yeah, and to then keep them from doing the bad thing. You gotta do the bad thing to stop people from doing the bad thing. So... You know, at least in this one situation, you know, you're doing the bad thing in this case is not kill, is having to kill zombies if you're on Walking Dead. Right. <laughs> you know, doing dirty, dirty things to kill zombies. D4C. So, yeah. So. so Smiler, any do. thoughts on this whole thing? I have a lot of thoughts on this okay. thing. <laughs> it's all he actually thinks about. <laughs> all, I am almost entirely comprised of thoughts. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to find a way to have scientists go in and remove the rest of the water in my body and replace it with thoughts. <laughs> oh dear. I, they haven't agreed to it yet, but I think it might work out. Okay. So, um, I think that it's a massive number of compounding issues and variables that allow us to identify and empathize with these either anti-heroes or romantic heroes. Anything that allows us to attach to a protagonist that has an otherwise disagreeable moral code from us that allows us to be engaged in their story and in their growth or in their uh, degeneration of character. Consider Goodfellas. I don't know if you've ever seen Goodfellas. I have. So, you remember at the beginning of the movie when um, Ray Liotta's character is saying that ever since I was a kid I always wanted to be a gangster. Mm-hmm. Yes. And at the beginning of the movie where he he gives us almost a list of the reasons why not only does he want to be a gangster, but you should also want to be a gangster. Because you'll have mm-hmm. money, you'll have respect, you'll have women, you'll have anything that you want right at your fingertips. And then as the movie progresses, we're shown more and more things to... Uh, contradict and provide a counter argument to those earlier statements you can have money um but you'll you'll also be exposed to this incredibly violent lifestyle you may have to kill you may have to hold a terrible secret and there's a good chance that you might not make it out alive in this life Mm mm-hmm Uh, But we're already attached to him at the beginning of the film because we've seen where he comes from and this point of innocence and all the appeal of this life. And we see it all tank. Martin Scorsese's really good about that in a lot of his films of giving us a positively despicable protagonist that we're still invested in. And it's a dance that he does. And and I mean, he's Martin Scorsese. He's going to do great at that. Um, right and it's really fascinating to me on how every single new antagonist that is popular 
and every single anti-hero that's become popular that people continue to latch on to. How every single time there's a new one, it's almost a different approach to it. Because Jingles and I could sit down and we could both sit there and watch Breaking Bad. Um, like, let's say that we did that. We both sat down and we watched Breaking Bad when it first came out. And we watched all the series all the way through. Mm-hmm. Now, Jingles could be sitting there and he could be thinking to himself, I'm watching this and I'm invested in Walter because he was a good man. And I have hope that he may become a good man one day. And versus me, who could be sitting there and saying to myself, I'm invested in Walter's journey because I want to see how dark he gets. I want to see how much of an unjust man he becomes. And by having Walter's journey continue to be conflicted the entire time he's going darker and deeper into this pit, you've made it that not only am I invested, but you've made it that Jingles is invested as well. Um, Likewise, Killmonger. You can have a antagonist that has a very, very specific motivation, and that Mm -hmm. is um, revenge against the larger populace. Revenge against Mm -hmm. these people that have wronged his people over the years. Mm -hmm. And you can make it that it's an incredibly violent desire and incredibly violent means that he wants to go out with it but if you can make it that a motivation is actually resonant with a large group of people then you can make it that that antagonist is identifiable to those people and to an even larger populace there were a lot of people that were making video essays talking about Killmonger was right. Killmonger was right, yeah. And likewise, how many people put out video essays of the, why people love Thanos. And the truth is, is that it's really not that complicated. Each character has a present issue that has been raised before that has not been addressed in our real world that we would like to see an easy solution to and now this character has the means of performing an easy solution to this problem that we see in our world and it's no wonder that people are latching on to that we would love to see uh, racism go away and we'd love to see uh, people being justified we would love to see a subjugated people be justified in their hate and but we don't want to see a war spread across the entire planet and trillions of people die because of it. Yeah. Likewise, mm-hmm. we would love to see our worlds continue to flourish and grow. But if we really had the power to do so, would we eliminate half the life in the universe? By the way, hmm. it's very important to state that these are the villains. Yes. These are the antagonists. Specifically mm-hmm. in this case, those two guys are the guys we're supposed to be disagreeing with. And it's really interesting because in the case of Black Panther, he disagrees with Killmonger, but he ultimately compromises a bit on his position. Wakanda eventually opens its borders up to the rest of the world Yeah, by the end of the yeah. movie. But it was an interesting moral debate throughout the entirety of the film that comes to fruition 
through uh, King T'Challa now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eventually seeing the merit of what Killmonger was trying to say, even on a base level of where was Wakanda in all of this pain? Mm-hmm. And now Wakanda has opened its borders and now is a much larger presence um, in the United Nations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's a number of things. Every single time it's different. But there's always this underlying thread of you need your audience to empathize with this character in some meaningful way. Yeah. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever road or whatever tactic you take in order to get to that point, as long as you can get your audience who's ever looking at that and saying, I totally get what that person's talking about. Or even if it's something as morally compromising of, I want more money for myself. If you can Mm -hmm. place that person in a position of poverty or some sort of level of subjugation where it's, I want greater agency for myself and money is the way to do it or power is the way to do it then you sort of are able to connect with your audience by I don't want to say exploiting because that sounds um, that sounds a little mean that sounds uh, a little darkly manipulative but you would eventually have to sort of exploit your audience's um means of empathizing with other people because that's how we do it in human nature mm-hmm. and all yeah. good stories all great stories are manipulative ultimately mm-hmm. they're designed to manipulate your feelings of positivity or negativity and ultimately you're supposed to be feeling something with a great story and i think that's what a lot of writers and a lot of storytellers are trying to work in more and more with their villains and their antagonists to be perfectly honest sometimes i like a hokey one-dimensional villain sometimes i like to see emperor palpatine carry on about how great the sith are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. however there are some times when i'd like Killmonger to be yelling at T'Challa about how unjust the world is and how now we have an opportunity to fix that and how we should. I I'm I like these sort of different dynamics. And again, it's all subjective. It's all flavor. So mm-hmm. what appeals to you one day may not appeal to you to the next day. But in regards to the greater appeal of these villains is that piggybacking off of what Jingle said is that I I can't I can't say the I can't say with an absolute yay or nay how how much civil unrest we have to warrant this new demand for relatable villains but we've always wanted to have relatable villains and we've always wanted to have tragic heroes uh, consider Hercules. I I always call him Heracles, but that's because um, it's sort of a little personal joke for myself. Because it turns out Hercules in his 
And the original Grecian is actually Heracles because he's the son of Hera. He's not the son of Hera. Mm-hmm. Or he's not the son of Hera. Yeah, but he is. A Hera hates him. Hera hates him. Right. Heracles. Heracles. That's right. Thank you. So, Heracles. She hates him because. Because of Zeus. Zeus. <laughs> Zeus got with a mortal woman. Ooh, Zeus. Heracles. <laughs> Heracles. See, yes. Fun conversations. Fun conversations can be had on conversations about dot dot dot. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Heracles killed his own family in a drunken rage and we have him positioned as an ancient grecian hero but then again heroes have went by a different definition back then they were less about the nobility of character that would warrant the title of hero versus your prominence in history that would give you the title of hero if you were just prominent enough to change the course of history around you and but they were also considered to be very they were also considered to be very flawed and very prominent so we always had that going on and we um and i think this is still a trend that will continue despite the fact that it is continuing and will can i think it's going just going to keep going I think it'll ebb and flow with time. I personally prefer um, I prefer heroes to be a paragon of morals and virtues, but I also appreciate a layered hero who knowingly struggles with very relatable issues. That's the thing that made Spider-Man so popular. Mm-hmm. It's because he was mm-hmm. just your average high schooler that happened to have these amazing powers. And was just trying his best to balance those out with his life. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, and I will add to this with this statement, a thought process. If the hero is a hero, it's because the villain makes them more heroic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that side of it. Uh, what I often wonder in some cases, like with some of the things we mentioned was, is that your protagonist in these shows and movies, there is no heroic figure, mm-hmm. so to speak. Everybody seems to kind of slide down this moral tightrope and like there's just a little bit of oil on it. It's like, no matter how hard they're trying to climb out of this hole, it seems like no matter what they're doing, they're constantly slipping down further and further into the darkness, if you will. You know, if 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 you just had a movie called Palpatine, where you were dealing with his origins and him going to the dark side, and him getting uh, learning from Palladius the Wise and everything, you would understand where his journey was going because of what we already have. Mm-hmm. Whereas with some of these things, you know, even the Joker to some extent, you understand the journey he has because we already have media that talks about the Joker prior to this but with some of this stuff i think that that and jingles you hit a bridge of point is that there's a lot of people that have a, a fatalistic approach there's the quick fix the how can we do this and make this work faster type thing so i appreciate that viewpoint as well just because you have to look at people and where we are and kind of how people gauge things and so I think that's really cool. I think that's really neat. I think you guys really touched on a lot of things. And I think we do need good villains, but you also have to have good heroes to bounce off those villains or else the villains are just 
evil and there's nothing to stop them. Right. Uh, so I heard a really wise person once say that your face is only as good as your heel. <laughs> yeah. Your this, heel this, makes that, the face very true. better. <laughs> yeah. And it would. I it lie. So, I cheat. I steal. I steal. Exactly. <laughs> JBL would not have been a great heel if not for a great face version of Eddie. Yes. Yes. That's still one of my favorite matches of all time is that, that last match that Eddie Guerrero had mm -hmm. with uh, mm -hmm. with him, JBL where he did the whole chair shot act. Yep. And uh, the ref the ref uh, disqualified JBL because he thought JBL hit him with a chair. Yep. yep. <laughs> and so, but he was still a good guy. You know, he's still a face. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, but it was just that way. So, um, I did talk about introducing another segment. I don't want to introduce that segment this week just because I want to let you guys have a chance to comment in. By the way, a great way you can comment in on this podcast is by listening to leaving voice messages. If you listen to it through Anchor, mm -hmm. uh, you can leave a voicemail. And what we'd like for you to do is recommend stuff to us. If you're reading something, a uh, really awesome comic book or otherwise, if you're watching a show, you know, if you're if you're listening to even some music, you know, you can recommend all that to us. Uh, we'd love to get you in on the conversation as well. So, but this week's show, we're going to end it with this particular subject matter. We're going to let you guys think on this. Yes. And then next week, what we're going to start doing is at yeah. uh, it, the end of each episode, we're going to recommend something. You know, we're going to recommend something we may be reading, we may have read, movie we watch, things like that. We just want to let you know that's coming. So we want your input on that as well okay. as uh, we get ready to do it. Uh, by the way, uh, Rascal Brothers, as always, where can our people find you guys on social media? So uh, as per the usual, we have our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Jingles Roscoe. It's where Smider and I post most of our stuff as long as uh, alongside most of our friends. We have the Mythos podcast here on Anchor, as well as google podcast spotify apple podcasts so many other places uh thanks that to anchor for you know putting us up on all those different platforms i have my twitter i have deviantart that i don't really go to very often but i'll check out um i'm more i'm more active here on uh, or sorry on on youtube and on twitter those are where i'm mostly active on and you can always find me, Smider Roscoe, at your local bookstore, perusing through the old dusty classics. Don't bother me, I'm reading. <laughs> uh, oh, and also we have uh, my Patreon, patreon.com slash Jingles Roscoe, if you're interested in a bunch of cool behind the scenes stuff, and as well as a bunch of other free content stuff that you don't actually have to sign up for. It's just there and you can just download it if you'd like. All right. Well, as as always here, I am on my YouTube at YouTube backslash Big Will Holland. Uh, I need to do a video. I haven't done one in a while. I took a break and just it got kind of got extended. Uh, but I need to be doing something on there pretty soon. So anyway, I've got that venue. I've also got my Twitter, Instagram, and such on Will Holland nine nine seven three, as well as Facebook. And uh, this podcast, of course, we've expanded it over to Google Play as well, Google Play Music. So when you search for it in Google Play, do me a favor, put it in quotation. Because for some reason, there's an error with Google Play because I messaged them. I was like, why is this podcast not searchable? 
I put it up and they were like, well, it is. You just have to put it in quotation marks. So put it in quotations if you're searching for it on Google Play and you'll find conversations about dot, dot, dot that way. So anyway, thank you guys so much for rocking with us today on this podcast. And above all else, guys, do me a favor. Be blessed to be a blessing to somebody. Take care. Bye. Bye.